All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Alan Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days, it doesn't suck. All right, we're fired up. It's a Thursday morning. It's the warm-up show. Take it to 6 o'clock. I'm in New York City with the Eddie Scazzeri. There's an old man by the sea. That was once a book that was written. Most people read it. We live it every day. His name is Albert Jackson Dukes. What's up, Al? Good morning, Jerry. I am an old man by the sea, and uh, yesterday, I did what I usually do. I spend the days walking the dog and listening to uh, WFAN in the background. I yeah. have it on, and I'm listening to Carton and Roberts, and I hear about this James Harden deal. Then I hear Mr. Jerry Recco call in as a guest. You called the guest hotline, Jerry. Uh, you and Evan are noted. Well, Evan's the really noted net fan. Yes. You, are, you also enjoy the Nets. I do. Very much and, so. And it seems as though net fans do not like this James Harden trade. I, just, I hate it. Absolutely hate it. While it seems like non-net fans wonder why when you now have, uh, well, uh, when Kyrie decides to show up, you now have three of the best players in the I'll league. I'll tell you why. And and people can criticize. It's funny the reaction I got on social media because I would say half of the people actually agreed with me and half thought I was nuts. And that's fine. I'll actually take that percentage. That's not terrible. Um, here's why I don't like it. Does it make them better? Sure. Do they have the big three if Kyrie Irving ever decides he wants to play basketball again? Yes. Here's what I don't like about it. These three guys are signed for a year and a half. That's it. With no assurances past next season. So you have now given up three first-round draft picks, unprotected, by the way. You've, what does that mean for those of us, Jerry? It means so lottery-protected picks. So if you're like the worst team in the league and you end up with the number one pick – you can do things when you make a deal. You can make it a lottery-protected pick. So we'll give you our first-round pick in 2026, but we're going to protect the top four. So if we end up in the top four, well, then you're going to have to take our first-round pick the next year because we don't want to give up a lottery pick that could okay. be in the top five. It wouldn't make sense for us. Well, we decide, the Nets decide, the hell with it. However we finish, you can have our first-round pick. The Nets in 2026 could have the first overall pick, and guess who gets it? The Rockets. Because of a move you made in 2021, which it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Then, on top of that, they do draft pick swaps so that if you suck and they're good, they can say, you know what? You got a better draft pick than us this year in the first round. We'll take it. You can you can draft later in the first round. Four of those they did. On top of that, they give up Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Rody Kurutz, Torian Prince. And while they may not be superstars, you know what they were? They were what the team was building. They were depth. They were good young players. Specifically, I'm talking about Lavert and Allen, players that I liked. If I would have found out yesterday that the Nets gave up three first-round draft picks and they got James Harden for a year and a half, okay, fair. I mean, you gave up a lot. Three unprotected first-round draft picks is a lot. But to give up everybody else in this deal, and part of it is, Al, 
You know, what, what, what infuriates me is that we were sold a bill of goods from this GM about building a culture and building a team, bringing in and bringing up good guys. And while Kyrie Irving is a weirdo, I don't know how else to describe him. I, I don't know what he is. At least Kevin Durant seems to be one of the nicest human beings you'll ever want to root for. And he's a hell of a basketball player. And I loved getting him here the way they got him here because you felt like he was going to help all these other good players elevate their game to the next level. And you had a team going forward, even if after next year he decides to leave after his three-year stay because all these guys have player options for the for that following year. At least you felt like you had a team. You know what they have now? They have the Florida freaking Marlins is what they have. They might win a championship, and then they're going to suck for the next decade. And if you're okay with that, then enjoy it. And I will enjoy it. If they win, it will be a nice little ride. But then get used to being a doormat for the next 10 years as they have no draft picks, no players, and no nothing. That's why I don't like it. I had never, I've heard of uh, unprotected draft picks. I had never heard of pick swaps before. Me neither. First for me. I, I, I don't even know how that works. So you just swap draft positions? Yeah, I, that's the way I understand it. That is the first time I've ever, and maybe it's been done before. I'm not saying it hasn't been. That's the first time I ever noticed it in a trade. And also perhaps because there were four of them. Four! You're... You're Al, you're talking about draft picks, first round draft picks that are now impacted by this for the next seven years. For what? For James freaking Harden, who looks more like a walrus these days? I'm not saying he's not a great player, but you he looks out of shape. He looks disinterested. Maybe he'll come here like he's shot out of a cannon. And it'll be James Harden of old. Great. You got him for a year and a half. That's it. If you told me Harden. Irving and Durant, along with this, signed five-year contracts, and you felt like they were going to be here for the length of this give-up of draft picks. Okay, they might all be gone after next season. Gone. See ya. Get out. It was nice renting space in Brooklyn for, let's see, 26 months. I, I don't get I, I don't get it. I really, I don't. I was trying to think because it does seem like there's a, and I, I might, I'll probably do a Twitter poll on this, Jerry, a little bit later on. Like, would you rather have your team win a championship and stink for 10 years or win zero championships okay. but be competitive for 10 years? So this, you're this competitive is every year. This is, this is the comp, and this is what All I was right. referencing. Do you want to be the Miami Marlins or do you want to be the New York Yankees? Because the Miami Marlins win every 15 years or so. And I mean a championship. The Yankees haven't won a championship now since 2009. You want to be the Yankees with a chance to win a championship every single year? Or do you want to be the Marlins and live through just horrendously putrid seasons? And once in a while, when we have the money to go spend some cash on some players, we might win a championship. But then the following year, we're going to get rid of everybody else and we're going to be terrible. And I'm not saying the Nets are going to get rid of it. It's not going to be the same type of business model. But in effect, that's what they very well might become. A great team, short-term, terrible long-term again. Yeah, I'd rather I would be the Yankees. I would. Yeah, same. I'd, I'd rather, rather be, be in the, the mix every year where, you, where your fan base has something to root for up until the last part of the season 
at least. Every single year. I Every couldn't agree year. more. Now, I will say, because Evan, the one thing Evan disagreed with me on yesterday was the fact that it's totally worth it if they win a championship. And here's where we're a little different. Evan has rooted for the Mets. He's never seen them win because he was too young to remember 1986. He roots for the Jets. <laughs> Enough said. He roots for the Nets. Right. And he roots for the Islanders. Too young to have seen them win those Stanley Cups when they won them late 70s, early 80s, whatever it was. I at least, and this is why we're different, I've seen the Cowboys win. I've seen the Devils win. You know, I've seen the Mets win. And as a kid, you know I was a big Met fan. And I've seen, at least with the Nets, I was around that team with Kidd and Martin and Kittles and Jefferson. And while they didn't win an NBA championship, I did enjoy those runs that they had. And that was a team, yes, they brought in Jason Kidd via trade, and he was the final piece to almost a completed puzzle. But you had draft picks. You had player Lucius Harris was a net. Kerry Kittles was a net. You know, Richard Jefferson, Kenyon Martin, they were nets. You felt like it was still a team. This, it, will it be fun to watch short term? Yes. At the end of the day, though, if this is a year and a half and out, we're going to look back and be like, well, the Nets had a bunch of mercenaries for 18 months. I I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm really torn on it. And par- again, I want to be very clear. I love having Duran here. I love watching him. I love watching his press conferences. He's everything I think you want in a basketball player. And as a person, it seems like. But these uh, this other stuff, man. It's ah. And, that, thing- and also, too, uh, you pointed out yesterday, you hate when guys get what they want like this. This James Harden just pushed his way out of Houston and got to go where he wanted to go. Ugh. Yeah, you see it a lot in the NBA, and then you're starting to see it now in the NFL. We've seen you know, wide receivers in particular over the years get to do whatever they want to do. The other weird thing with this Nets move and it being so short-term, you're playing in a time when no one's allowed to go to the arena. You got it. You're not. So while you may win a championship this year, you're not even getting getting the biggest bang for your buck because there's no one in the building. Yeah. You're a TV product, which is fine. And listen, at the end of the day, we will always remember the Lakers won the bubble championship. They were a championship team. It was a different type of year, but they won. But the fans don't, I don't think it's, hmm, it's an interesting question. Is it as enjoyable if there's no fans in the building? I guess, I guess you want a championship. It is. But if I'm the type of person that likes going to games and I do, I feel like you're missing out on something. I agree. So I, yeah, I, I was really, I don't know. I didn't. So care were for you this. were you listening and fired up and deciding to call, or did they say, "Hey Jerry, you like the Nets? Why don't you give us a call?" I fired off. I you know I posted a couple. I responded to a couple people on Twitter that actually asked me for my opinion, which was fine. And then I posted something that got a lot of reaction to, and then I got a phone call from Lugauer or a text from Lugauer. Can you call in? Sure. Nice. So, ugh. I guess too the fact that I I really enjoyed. Jared Allen as a player, Levert and his story was becoming a big time player. Got hurt. He's worked his way back. I like those two guys in particular. Uh, I, I I hate that they're gone. I do. And it's and it seems like you know the Nets are always the second rated basketball team in town, even when they're good and the Knicks stink. It felt like there was a very slow movement where they were trying to slowly build over time to become. Not that. I agree. I totally and now, agree. When and you now they're get, unlikable again. Right, unlikable. They are. And, and like you said, in a year and a half, two years, what are they even looking at? What I have no do? idea. 
They have no doing here? I don't know. They have no first-round draft pick. They may not have any superstar. And what are you left with? You're going to end up being one of these teams that just gets a whole bunch of, you know, veterans trying to put together a roster and a, you know, a season that actually looks like something that's not a complete and utter disaster. And I, I don't, I'm not taking a shot at the Knicks. I'm not. But they may, they're going to be the Knicks now again. They're, or, excuse me, they're going to be the Nets again from way back when. And they're going to be a bad basketball team. I, I don't know how they can't be. I really, I, uh, uh. Also listening yesterday afternoon, Mr. Carton seems to believe that uh, Kyrie will be back on MLK Day. I, I, this, this is funny. So he's sitting there saying <laughs> MLK Day, which is what, next week, I think. I think Monday. You've got Evan saying maybe sometime uh, before March, I think. <laughs> or no. Yeah, was it him? Maybe it was Lou Gower that said they don't expect him back at all. I, the whole thing with – I don't know what is going on with Kyrie Irving. I really don't. The, the whole thing makes no sense to me. I, You know, you needed to take some time. I got it. But the the thing that really irks you is, you know, the video at the, the party. Then he's on the, the Zoom conference a half hour before a game. It's just at least say something. Like, we don't even know what to think. Really, you don't even, and you don't even have to get in front of a camera. Release a statement. Give us something. I think Sean Marks owes Evan Roberts a guest spot. Like, he needs to call in because Evan had a lot of questions. And yeah. as Evan has, as Evan said, I put Sean Marks on the, on the air for, you know, all the Nets people all these years when no one cared at all about the Nets. Yeah. So now here they are, a story, and he's got questions, and Nets fans have questions. I agree. So I totally agree. Get him here. He should. And if the Nets were smart, they'd put him on. Because and, and Evan's the perfect guy for this, too. Because he's he going knows to, too much. You got to put him on a show where the people don't know the Nets really oh, well. Oh, he knows. Right, he knows a lot. And that they is, don't put him on the warm up show here and just let me interview him. They'd get off easy. <laughs> uh Mr. Marks, so uh, James Harden. He's pretty good. Tell us about that. Uh, he looked a little chubby. What are we thinking? A diet plan for him? I don't even think he is. I really think I, I'm with G. I think he was trolling us, and I think he was putting some sort of extra clothing on to make himself you think he's look wearing like a, that. A fat suit I do. Well, during warm-ups? I'm not, not a fat suit. I think he put some extra clothing on to try and make it look <laughs> like it's not. I do. I'll tell you another thing, and maybe this is also partly what concerned me. I heard – I don't know who it was, but there was – so former NBA GM on with Moose and Maggie talking about this whole situation before it went down, but there were rumblings about it, as we know. And he said a couple of things. Number one, that, that this concerns me, and if, I think I heard it right, that there was a rumor out there that Mike D'Antoni went to net management and said, don't get this guy. That's a problem, isn't it? Was it Ryan McDonough, former Boston Celtics and Phoenix Sun executive? It might have been. I, re I really don't remember the name they because... Had him on. Then it might have been because I, I caught it after they introduced him and it was and then yesterday yes and then yeah, Moose's line dropped out which was really funny and then all <laughs> of a sudden you hear Maggie I don't hear Moose <laughs> yeah that's he's, he's gone, gone. <laughs> and then at the end and then Moose, Moose was gone for like seven or eight minutes so Maggie finishes the interview and then at the end like he just popped in from the heavens Moose is like hey thanks for joining us hey Moose oh, is back <laughs> hey it's Moose it's actually pretty funny all right we gotta take it. I'm annoyed. I, can you yeah. tell?
I can tell. I, you were fired up when I heard uh, I was uh, washing my dishes and I heard Jerry Reckles on the hotline. I was like, oh, Jerry's fired up too. I, it's, and it's, again, as much as you hate them to get their way, it's not even that they got hardened. It's just that they gave up so much. Too much. For one guy for a year and a half. And pick swaps, which we'd never heard of before. God, and well, pick I had swaps. never heard of. If you had told me he was signed for the next five years, oh, it's fine. But this is just, man, here's what you got. A year and a half and hope. That's what you have. Right. That, or a year and a half and, you know, a long, slow death again in the NBA. All right. Now, now imagine they don't even make the playoffs. Is that even possible? 518. I'm not even going <laughs> to acknowledge that. 518 on the fan. <laughs> We're just getting started. Good Lord. Uh, Boomer and Geo. Uh, Geo is bouncing around. He is a happy man today because he thinks the Nets just imploded. Uh, they are coming up at 6 o'clock. We have a lot more to do. I'll calm down. We're coming back on the fan. We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Al and Jerry, two scientists responsible for the COVID-19 vaccine. That's right. We are your heroes. <laughs> Other words. <laughs> and I have not even seen a dollar from that. <laughs> no, not yet. But I think because it's not for profit this year, I believe. Not for profit, I Jerry. Believe the, I believe if I read that right, Eddie can probably help me with this. I spent- believe the COVID vaccine from Moderna, from Pfizer, and then the Johnson & Johnson one that's coming out, I think in another month or two, I believe are not for profit right now. We spend all that time in the lab, you and I, coming up with a solution and we get no profit. Not fair. Am I right about that, Eddie? I, you know what? You know more about it than I. I do oh. not know about the financial aspect. Mm. Disappointing. I go to Eddie for decisions. I figured you knew that. And answers. Especially scientific decisions. Yes. Well, it's more of a financial. It is, but it's also scientific, and it's the world we're living in right now. I figure you're up to date on current events. Well, I, I know that I'm 1C. I'm 1C as well. What yes. does that mean? It means we're next. You mean, uh, so A is uh, frontline workers. Right. B. I believe are, are the, elderly the elderly teachers. Police fire. Right. C are radio guys? Yeah. That seems strange. <laughs> well, media people. <laughs> It's a combination of media, and for me, because uh, diabetes, immunosuppressive, so, but Jerry doesn't have those things, and he's also 1C. Right. Doesn't seem fair. Well, we're providing a service, maybe, for everybody. Maybe that's why. Wow. I, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what the reason is, but I got my notification that I'm group 1C as well. I'm going to go last after I make sure none of you all, you know, an arm doesn't fall off after taking the vaccine. After that, then I'm going to go. I'm going to go. See, I'm going to be one Z. But you realize how many people have taken it already? Yeah. I, and I maybe I'm wrong about this. And I know a couple of people have had allergic reactions to it, especially if they've had allergy issues. Have you heard of any bad, like really terrible no, stories? No, but we don't know. It? Maybe it's still lingering in your body, and then your arm's going to fall off. Well, we don't with, know. With any vaccine, there will be a small percentage of people that are negatively affected. That's just a statistical fact. Right. Any vaccine. Correct. Right. For anything. So, so you know, I, um, I don't know if fatality is on the table for this, but uh, I haven't heard that. But What about any- limbs falling off? 
Uh, that would be silly, but um, <laughs> yeah. That would be silly. <laughs> and scary at the same time. Yes, but silly. Very much so. Very scary. Jerry, one of the other big stories yesterday, which seemed to be a little bit swept under the rug, as they say, that's a saying, uh, with this James Harden situation, is that uh, for whatever reason, many people seem to love this Rob Salah out of uh, San Francisco. And he came in, the the strong, bald man uh, from San Francisco, he came in to meet in person with the Jets, which we saw as a very positive sign. In fact, yesterday, before the James Harden uh, trade went down, there were indications that it was all but a done deal. Yeah, that the Jets weren't going to let him leave. That he was not going to walk out of that building without a Jets contract in hand. And now he's in Philadelphia. Yeah, not only did he walk out the building, he got in a car and drove down the Jersey Turnpike and met in person with the Eagles. I was surprised by this. I really was because I thought reading everything I read – I really believed that he was going to be the next next Jets head coach, and he might be. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, who knows? But I would think letting him go because you want to talk to Arthur Smith, which is fine, and I think they met with him last night. Uh, I think they had dinner with him last night. Um, okay. I mean, you know, if he's your guy, he's your guy. Maybe he's not necessarily their guy. I don't. I don't know. What if he said, listen, I already committed to this other interview. I like to follow through on my commitments. I'm very interested here with the Jets, but I need to... The Eagles just fired Doug Peterson, though. <laughs> I need to follow through with this commitment. No, I, you know, I think there have been many times, and I I can't come up with a... If I Google it during the break, I'll find it. But there have been times when a guy has interviews lined up and is committed to an interview and a meeting. And you know what? The one you're in blows you away, and you decide this is the right spot for me, and you just you take the deal. I guess that wasn't the case. Maybe you're right. Maybe he figured he's got appointments. I actually think it's more a matter of the Jets saying we have other people we want to talk to, and they no, might end up not with ready. someone else. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, and that's where I said too. Right, Arthur Smith is the offensive coordinator of the Titans. Is that yeah? I think that's him. I think he's the one who spoke with them last night. Maybe they see something in him they think is better. I don't know. Maybe they like some of the other candidates better. Don't know. And do you think that we've fallen in love with Rob Salah just based on his demeanor and nothing to do with coaching, just based on that he looks like a coach, he acts like a coach, he looks like he could beat you up, I, well, which I like in a coach? I think that's part of it. I think part of it, too, is the last couple, and this is this was also my issue with Doug Peterson, the last two head coaches the Jets have had have publicly been boring and they show no emotion on the sidelines again what happens behind closed doors in practice in that bubble in florham park they might be raving lunatics we don't see that we don't know it and when things are going poorly there's no reaction doug peterson to me has that and i'm not saying he's a bad coach i've never once said doug peterson's a bad head coach and i hate that that i've been kind of painted in that in that type of picture that's not true i've never said that but he has the same similar type of disposition on the sideline. And I think if you're a Jet fan, you've seen enough of that. You want someone. I know if it was me, I want someone that's got some grit, some fire, and I want to see that next-level intensity. That's what this guy seems to bring. Plus, he's had a good record coaching the defense. And we haven't seen any other candidate that would be a fire, fired-up kind of guy that we're, that I'm aware of. 
None um, of the guys on the list to me yeah, like seem I, like fired up guys. I don't know enough about Arthur Smith. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of who the other can. They, they've talked to a million different people. Oh, yeah. You know, Marvin Lewis, I think they spoke to. He doesn't. He's, he's not, not a fiery, fiery guy. type of guy. You know, You're right. Kinda, we sat here with Adam Gase and Todd Bowles and boring, boring, boring. And think about who they followed. They filed where they followed Rex, who went to a couple of AFC championship games and was a ball of energy. And then you come down to these two guys who might be good coaches, but it's just like, ugh, when things aren't going well, they don't exactly inspire. I don't know. And they normally tell you that you should go the opposite. So if you had a right. soft-spoken guy, get a fired-up guy. If you've got a fired-up loudmouth like Rex, the next guy shouldn't be that. And that's what they did, but they went back-to-back. Back. Right. And a belly-to-belly with, the, with what boring coaches. Flatliners. Flatliners. Yeah. And gays might have been crazy. We don't know that. We didn't see that. What we saw and heard was, uh, 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 yeah, uh. <laughs> and Todd Bowles mumbled through press conferences. Right. So I want a guy that's got some intensity is the best word. Yes. As and as long as he knows what he's doing. I mean, that's their that's their decision to figure that out. That's That's what they are getting paid to do. I want a guy who, if he doesn't like a question from the media, he challenges that media member to step up to the podium and fight. That's what I'm looking for. In that would be coach. cool. I'm like, I don't appreciate that question. Get up here. I'm going to punch you right in the face. Like Paul Olden once asked the question of the late Tommy Lasorda. What did you think of Kingman's performance? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, Kingman's performance? Get up here, Paul Olden. I'm going to punch <laughs> you right out. No, you don't punch <laughs> him out, but you can call him out. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I don't that think was so. a, that, Would you put that in the top three Press conference questions of all time, right? Not that wasn't a press conference; that was a post-game uh, coaches interview. Yeah, I think he was in the coach's office. I think. Yeah, coach's office. Um, I would say I don't know if it's top three, but it's pretty close. If it's not, I mean, it's Kingman's up there. performance. What the hell do you think I thought of Kingman's performance? <laughs> three home runs. Because <laughs> that's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> that is tremendous. Think that guy is the PA announcer at Yankee Stadium now. Yeah, isn't that great? That is funny. And he's done play-by. I think Paul Holden's had a crazy career where he's done that. A reporter, play-by-play, PA announcer. Yeah. He's done a lot of different things. He sure has, Jerry. I never, I didn't realize it was Paul. I really didn't realize it was Paul Holden until Craig and Boomer played it once. I, I, I knew the clip, but I never knew yeah. that it was him. So, funny What'd stuff. What you think of Kingman's performance? And think about how many, you know, that's the other thing. Boomer and Craig, Boomer and G, whoever. We've killed reporters for the questions they ask, you know, how basic they are. If anybody actually listens to press conferences for years and years and years, that's pretty much how they go. You're basic. Well, because all you're trying to do is you want to get their reaction. Yeah, you understand why they did. There was one funny exchange, which I'll play coming up with uh, Boomer and Geo in the 6 o'clock hour. So where Durant wouldn't answer the question about Harden because he answers it saying it's not finalized yet. So until it is, I'm going to hold off until it's final and then we'll discuss it. Fair enough. So one of the reporters comes in and says, I know it's not final. I know you don't want to talk about it, but you did play with James Harden. You know, what was he like to play with? He looks into the camera. He's just, that was fun. He's a good time. That was it. <laughs> that was it. And just moving along. So, And we're moving along. It's 535. Oh. We're actually flying through this hour. I got some NFL coming up, Jerry, and I got a Yankee-related thingy. All right, cool. So a Yankee-related thingy, mm-hmm. as uh, Al says, coming up next. And Boomer and Geo at the top. Don't go away here on The Fan. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. So you know what that means. Court is back in session with Queens of the Court, a WNBA podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoops. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll bring you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court, free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Al and Jerry, longtime tag team champions. Hey, I know you have some NFL stuff, so before we do that, just real quick, I want to read you one tweet. Remember Lawrence Tynes, the Giants kicker? I do remember him. So he tweeted this in relation to James Harden and the trade and everything. James Harden is a horrible example for any young aspiring athlete. That is today's athlete. It starts in youth sports. How can I get my son on the best team? Don't start right away in college. Go to the transfer portal. Don't like your pro team? Get out of shape and give a half-ass effort. <laughs> and then get traded to what might be a championship team. I love it. I love an aggressive <laughs> kicker, Jerry. An aggressive former kicker, Lawrence Tynes. Yeah, well, it's a good tweet. I like that. So you have a Yankee thingy. and you I have a NFL. Yankee thingy. Yeah, also I heard I just heard uh, Karen Stewart do a, a read for Jack Pocket. Which I uh, I have on my phone. It's an app you can buy uh, lottery tickets because the the lot one of the lotteries last night was like five hundred fifty million dollars. Did you win? Well, actually, you wouldn't be here probably. Well, I don't know. I didn't get an alert, f- but it's great. You don't have to go stand in line with all the losers. Uh, That's cool. y- you know that are doing all their uh, you know different combinations and numbers. Can you pick your numbers with the? You can, or you just, Ooh, like yeah, or or you can d- d- let the machine do it. But I was hoping they to get call an that alert. a quick pick. Yeah, quick pick. Yeah, I was hoping to get an alert this morning that I won. I didn't hear that anybody won that. Cool. And I well, think it went off yesterday. Might be a billion dollars next time. A billion dollars. Oh, I heard one New Jersey billion did, dollars. New Jersey did a billion dollars in sports gambling. Yeah, where does that go? In December. I don't know because our tolls keep going up. I have right, no nothing. Idea. Right, they'll say that like, uh, I can't believe New York doesn't have sports betting. All this extra money that the city or the the state could be using. I don't know what. I see no difference. That we have sports gambling in New Jersey, then we didn't have sports gambling. Yeah, taxes still go up, tolls still go up, car registrations still go up. I don't know wh- where is it going. I know. I think they. I What's think, the deal? I think for 2020, I believe yeah. they did 7.5 billion dollars. Yeah, where is that? I I don't know. I got nothing, man. I hate politics. Not my I'm, not, I'm not interested. I don't know. Luke Voigt uh, chimed in on the DJ LeMahieu situation. It seems, Jerry, that every one of our local New York sports teams has their one storyline, right? You do so, know who he spoke to, right? I, do, I don't. <laughs> I was in the second paragraph. It was? <laughs> yes. He spoke to Bruce Beck. The rainbows guy who loves rainbows, Bruce Beck? <laughs> yes, and smiles, yeah. I love Bruce Beck. No wonder why Bruce Beck, he gets the best out of people, Jerry, because he's positive. <laughs> so I guess Luke Voigt spoke with Bruce Beck of NBC uh, News. Correct, NBC, NBC Sports. Sports. Yes. Talking about DJ LeMahieu, says he's the best hitter in baseball. Then, this was interesting. He says, I'm literally sitting next to a printer right now, and it makes me think of DJ because he's a freaking machine. You know what's amazing about this? Printer. Is that the first paragraph talked about the Voight quote. The third paragraph was the quote about the machine and the printer. Yeah. And the second quote, <laughs> the second paragraph was where it was written that he spoke to Bruce Beck. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I got my printer quote, Jerry, whoosh, out of there. <laughs> As soon as I saw him compare DJ LeMahieu to a printer, I split. That is funny, man. 
That's pretty good. I feel like I need a printer here at home. I don't have one. You don't have because, a printer? No. I feel like printers are the biggest ripoff. The They're printer cheap. Itself, exactly. But to get ink for it, expensive. It is. That's how well, they get you. It depends on... All right, but what are you printing? Like, if you're just printing documents and Black and forms, whites. I mean, please, a cartridge can last you six months. I was considering getting only a black and white printer, which you can, because here's the problem that I run into with some of my previous printers that were cheap. You're right. Very inexpensive. But then... Even if your, let's say your color printer gets, your color ink gets old because you don't use use it a lot. Yeah. Then it, it's, it acts like it's dead and then your printer won't work until you replace it. Even if you just want to print in black and white, some of them some of them won't work See, that's, until that's you re- replace my, my printer has a feature that I can go to a default black and white setting. Yeah, I love default black and, and white. And I have no, there's no issue then. Maybe I'll get a laser printer in here. There you go. I, it's just surprising. You don't, I mean, I know you can... You can print and scan and all that while you can't print. You can scan and everything, and I know you yeah. can even write and sign your name. Right on PDFs. You can. So you can get away with it. It's just more complicated to me. It is more complicated. I need like a. I always felt like in college, well, I'm old, Jerry, so I was like in college in the 90s, early 90s. We would have to. You'd go to the computer lab and you would print out your papers that you were you were writing, and they'd print out on the dot matrix printer first, and then when only when you were sure there were no mistakes, would you send it to the laser printer, because that was expensive. Yeah, I don't remember those a, days. Now you get a laser printer for nothing. Yeah, I bought my printer. I have a is it an wireless. Epson? I don't. It's, uh, I had a Lex. I think I have an Epson printer now. Epson. I got it last year. I don't think it was more than like ninety dollars. Yeah, but the, and it's but the, tremendous. The cartridges are thirty-five dollars. The cartridges are expensive. But Hi, again, I'm Jerry I Recco. I don't for, print a ton for Epson printers. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'm, that's fine. I love them. I mean, it's it's a great printer. Matter of fact, I actually just printed. I would do that. I love Epson. I did. Um, I've recently started printing a bunch. Remember, I was going to do the calendar, and I picked out all these photos I was going to use. Yes. And then life happened, and I got completely derailed. But I went in the last couple of weeks. I was actually started to print some of these pictures, and I'm gonna. I'm trying to make some sort of. Uh, I don't. Want to, I want to do something with them. If I could just frame them, or I don't know. So I printed a whole bunch of them. That's where it gets expensive because it takes so much ink to yeah. print an eight by ten picture. That it is. Exp- you're right. It's expensive. Think how much it costs CBS to print out Tony Romo's prep sheets they're 800 pages long for a game <laughs> the whole cartridge oh my gosh multiple car get tony's cartridges ready uh, you know what i think in a case like that where he's getting a million dollars a game i yeah. think they should bill him for the ink bill him for his ink yeah yes. i agree we'll give tony. you a million bucks a game you owe us the 3750 cartridge <laughs> right every week we need to give you a fresh printed cartridge <laughs> it's a stupid all right, so DJ LeMahieu is uh, thinks uh, it reminds uh, Luke Void of a printer. I can't believe he's still unsigned. Which doesn't feel like a powerful machine. What did you want him to be? Like a dishwasher? Um, no, like you know those things that would. Uh, when I worked in drug fair in the back room, we had a what well, I think it was called a baler. You would put all the cardboard oh, yeah. boxes and in there, the boxes. and it would crush it. I do That's remember that. DJ LeMahieu. That he's used a baler. To be, I used to love doing that. Me too. Especially if like. I was at the liquor store with the baler, and if you, <laughs> we would get to a, a point where we'd have a, like an inventory day, and we would just throw box after box after box, and then you look back, it's like, let's see, do I want to deal with the customers? No. Or do I want to hang back here for a half hour just bailing boxes? Yeah. I'm in. I want to bail boxes. Ooh, I just Googled uh, cardboard balers for sale. They're like 10 grand. 
Maybe you get one of those for the condo. Oh, Who needs yeah. a printer? Get a bailer. <laughs> I can have right all my neighbors alley. just bringing their cardboard boxes over. <laughs> yeah, I'll crush those. <laughs> you And then you could build a town. You could be the Bradley Beach bailer. Bailer. And did you ever have to do the part, Jerry, where you had to take the big thing of cardboard that was crushed and, and tie it up? No, actually. From the bailer? No, because it can't. You know, that's a good question. No, we would. What we would do is we had the hand truck, and we would put the 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 pile of boxes that were crushed because they were so compacted, and we would just kind of roll it right out, and then they would pick it up the next day or whenever it would be. I didn't. Low, we never tied it. A low end bailer is five thousand dollars. That's low end, Jerry. Do they have a this? home version bailer? Mm, I don't know. I would love to get one for in here. And I have such a small place, it'd be great. Like just in my living room, a baler. <laughs> it's like a that could be a a conversational piece when people come in. But anytime you have a baler, like when I worked in drug fair, it was all teenagers working there. And we would just, people would want to like put like their soda can in the baler yeah, we did or that a full too. soda, like just crush things. We actually, we, just... put, we would put a beer bottle in the middle of them <laughs> just to hear it pop. <laughs> Kids will be kids, Jerry. Yeah, and stupid, too. What do you make of this? This is my idea for the Cleveland Browns this weekend. They're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. What if we tell Kevin Stefanski to stay home again? <laughs> well, that's like the theory of you win with a shirt on. You don't want to take the shirt off. Right. You want to do the same thing the following week. Like he's supposed to. He's on track to return today. I will say, if he's back on the sidelines and they lose... Mm. What's different than last week? Right, him not be, him being home. Yeah, he gave I don't them think the good mojo. I think I think he'll be there. That must have been so exciting for him. Like he's at home, he's already feeling I think nervous. It's depressing. Right? right, right, right. But the first snap of the game sails over Ben Roethlisberger's head, and you got a touchdown. Oh, listen, I'm sure he's Ooh. screaming and he's thrilled. But at some point, he's got to be sitting there saying, "We turn in a performance like this, yeah, and I'm here, right." There's got to be some sort of depression. Now, yes, you're excited, you're thrilled for the guys, and you can celebrate on the video conference afterwards. But at some point, he must have sat back and like, this sort of sucks. Right, because all he could do is high-five his dog. Yes, or his wife. But if he had corona, he but probably I couldn't But be I thought near. he was just a close contact. I don't oh. think... You know, I guess in the even with that, he probably should stay away from her. Whatever. Stay away. Close contact. We still have more to do, so we're going to step aside for just a moment. And then when we come back... I have will... a disappointing story, Jerry, coming up. Well, why a do disapp- we want to end on a disappointing well, story? Uh, it's fair. We'll come right, up Jerry, with something positive. Disappointing and then a fun story. And then you'll have Boomer and Geo at 6 on a Thursday on The Fan. But right now, a Radio.com Sports Minute. Her name is Amy Lawrence, and she discusses this filthy trade. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, a couple minutes before we get you to Boomer and Geo. Nets beat the Knicks last night. Nets the trade for James Harden. What else, Al? So I was looking forward to this, Jerry, but we're not going to get it. Uh, Packers lineman Jared Veld here. He played last week for the Indianapolis Colts and then got put on the Packer team. And he was going to become the first player in NFL history to play a playoff game for two different teams in the same season. He's got the coronavirus. Yeah, stinks for him. Positive. Positive yeah. for coronavirus. So he's out. He's out, yeah. Done. That stinks. Well, it stinks. It stinks. It stinks. stinks. Devontae Freeman signed somewhere. I forget where. Because he they took him off the uh, Giants practice squad. Now oh, yeah, the Bills. Oh, that's where it is, right, because you had um, 
Zach Moss is out with an ankle injury. Yeah. So all they have is Devin Singletary, I guess. And so now they got Devontae Freeman. They plucked him off the giant practice squad. So that's not the same thing, but it's a guy that goes from team to team and is going to be in the playoffs immediately. And Julian Edelman uh, tweeted yesterday, and people are wondering if it means— he hated the James Harden trade? (laughs) No, this has nothing to do. Uh, He said, Boston, I love you. And they don't know if that means he's retiring or— I feel like he's done this before. He's going, or he wants to go somewhere else. Yeah, but hasn't hasn't he done this before? Or you think he teases when he, he teases us on Twitter? I think. Well, I think when there's uncertainty about your future, I feel like guys do this too. Yeah, you know, until you have a deal in place, or if you think you're going to be cut, or something is going to change, I feel like you just kind of throw that out there. So you let the fans know that you right. love them. I love you. So if I leave, it's not. Your fault. Right. It was like it was like Harden. The Coming up this week, stay right here to listen to the NFL Divisional Round Playoffs. 